Hey, you're listening to the Upper Room Podcast. To learn more about Upper Room, please visit URDallas.com. something uh, like there's a mountain before you you need it to move like you need breakthrough like how many of you in the room is that it that's awesome okay there they are raise them again all right keep them up it's all right I mean it's like Lord I'm here <laughs> I'm just believing today is the day of breakthrough Kevin started out just about expectation and uh, a lot of expectation in my heart for what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. Um, a lot of expectation. I think Kevin went around uh, during worship and asked a couple of you to to uh, write some testimonies of what you've seen the Lord do in your life. Um, if that's you, would you stand up? If Kevin came to you and said, hey, would you? Okay, cool. Um, I felt like the Lord said today that we're going to observe the Sabbath. Uh, two weeks ago, I opened up um, the conversation about us slowing down as a community and, 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 and really living from rest. You guys can sit down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you, you come up in just a second. Um, but, but really slowing down and living from the place of rest. How many of you were here two weeks ago and you heard that message just about the finished works of Jesus? How many of you weren't here? Oh, man, I'm going to have to re-preach it really quick. So... Uh, kind of the, the, the catalyst for it was, was coming off vacation in July, I entered back into the upper room flow and just realized um, we've moved from mock speed to warp speed. And, and, and it felt like there was this treadmill that I had been on that I had stepped off and that I was trying to get back on, but things were just moving so fast. Not only couldn't I do it, but I didn't want to do it. And, and I really felt the Lord speak to me about the pace that we had been running at because of what he's been doing. God is doing something here, and uh, I just, it's, it's a matter of stewardship, and I feel like we've been faithful with a little, and he gives us more, and then we're faithful with more, and he gives us a little more, and, um, and, and, and there's just something happening here. It's, it's really awesome, but, but, but I think what the enemy does is the enemy comes along when God starts to move, and he begins to push you to strive and to work and to somehow sustain what God began. And it's a lie from the pit of hell. You enter into dead works. He's the author and sustainer. And so as he begins to move, what I'm realizing is we have to be more intentional of getting in the place of rest and the place of faith, not working harder. And, um, and so... 
So the finished works of Jesus, the work of the cross is sufficient for every need in this room. The reason I can say, hey, raise your hand, I'm believing for a breakthrough, isn't because of a prayer I'm going to pray or an atmosphere we're going to create. It's because of what Christ has already accomplished for you. Like the work of the cross is sufficient for every need. It's sufficient for every disease. The work of the cross is f- sufficient for every debt, for every relational issue, for every marriage that's broken, for everyone that's been through a divorce, for everyone that's experienced loss, pain, death, Life has dealt you a blow. The cross, the cross is sufficient this morning. And and what the spirit of wisdom and revelation does is it gives us understanding as to what Christ has done. And yes, it's about his work. Yes, it's about what he's accomplished. But it's about a knowledge of who he is in the midst of what I'm going through. And that's the good fight of faith. Faith in who he is. It's just 101. We've made it very complicated. And so there's a rest that we're invited into, a Sabbath rest into the finished works of Jesus, that the work of the cross is sufficient. And there was a day and a time that the prophets spoke of. Um, David, David spoke of it in Psalms 97. The Israelites were, were a metaphor for it, the promised land. And we're invited into a Sabbath rest that is the man Jesus. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. And so as I started just studying the Sabbath, like I love the Sabbath, I love the idea of taking a day off. Most of us know Sabbath is God worked for six days and on the seventh day he took a, a day of rest. And, and it really go listen to that message, I'm not going not gonna to get into it, but I really worked through Genesis 2, 1 through 3, and that that work, the created order that was established was completed and God rested from it because he was finished, it was done. He wasn't exhausted, he wasn't tired, he wasn't going to work on Monday again, it was finished and Adam was created and his first day was in the finished works of Jesus, or the finished works of God. And, and our salvation is similar. We're, we're born into the finished works of Jesus, everything we have we need. It's that Genesis 2 reality. It's a quick summary. Um, but but as, I, as, I've, as, I've, as I've been just sitting on the Sabbath, I think most of us know what the Sabbath is. Like we know the Sabbath is take a day off. The Sabbath was the seventh day. God rested from his work. But, but, but what I've been awakened to in my heart over the last two weeks is why God instituted the Sabbath. We know what the Sabbath is, but most of us, if I asked you why the Sabbath, you would probably say, well, my body needs rest. Well, I'll get fatigued. Well, I'll get burned out. Well, I need emotional rest. I need, I need whatever it is. We have a number of answers to the why, but there's, there's a right answer to it. There's one answer to it, and it's found in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5, it's, a, it's, the, it's the, the big 10, he's giving the commandments, and in verse 15, I'm sorry, verse uh, 12, he, uh, he gets to the Sabbath, and it's the longest, actually, of the commandments, and I want to read it to you, and I want you to, I want you to look for the why, why God, why God gave the Sabbath. Now, this is a commandment, it's a law, it, it's right up there with don't commit adultery, don't steal, don't lie, have no other gods before me. The Sabbath made the list, which is sobering to me how important this is for us. I get you're not under the law, but these Ten Commandments are principles for living righteously with God. We we need to understand the principle and the why behind these what's. Why don't you commit adultery? Why don't you steal? Why don't you lie? The why is so significant in living in right relationship with God. 
And so why we take the Sabbath is really important for us to understand. And I want you to look for the why in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Because the Israelites did not understand the why of Sabbath, why the why of Sabbath is so crucial. The reason the Israelites did not enter into the promised land was because they didn't understand the why of the Sabbath. It's the why of the Sabbath that forbid them from going into the rest that God promised us. And the why of the Sabbath this morning will determine whether Christ has purchased fully for you and for me. We're living from, from his work. And the why of the, stab, uh, the, why of the Sabbath establishes our hearts to receive the fullness of what Christ has purchased for us. Dude, if you will, like, come on. It's so crucial. I just feel so sobered in my heart. Like, depression, anxiety, panic attacks. Come to the why with me. Lust, pornography. Those that are, are battling with, with same-sex addiction and, and confusion with their sexuality. Come to the why with me. Those that are battling substance and like, man, you did it again last night, just one more glass, or, 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 or you stayed out too late, or you're, 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 you're trying to change these certain behaviors, but you keep going back to the trough, come to the why with me. The why of the Sabbath is the answer for many of the problems that exist in this room tonight. The why of the Sabbath is, 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 the Sabbath is asking you a question as you stare at that mountain. If you can get the answer to the why of the Sabbath, I believe faith will come in your heart and you'll see that mountain get smaller and shrink and go into the sea. The why is so crucial. We know the what. Many of us even know the how. I take a day off. Talk through that. But we don't know the heart. We don't know the impetus, like the why, the motive of, of God saying, hey, listen, this is so crucial for you. You want to see what the why is? Yeah. It's better be good, Miller. <laughs> oh, I hope it is. Deuteronomy 5.12, observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The first thing ever mentioned in the Bible to be holy was the Sabbath. Think about that. We have these weird religious definitions of holiness. God's definition, his first definition for holiness was rest. Take a deep breath. Seriously, take a deep breath. There's something holy about you taking a deep breath. And what I realized is that a lot of my unholiness was from and rooted in unrest. So coming to this place of rest, it's a holy activity, it's sacred. Rest in God is different than rest. It's different than sleeping in. As much as I tried to sleep in this morning past my two-year-old getting up at 5.45 in the morning, 
but even still I can find a rest in that. This is not like about sleep. This is about a perspective. This is about entering into God's reality. And you can only enter into it not by flexing, fighting. And he calls that holy. Take another deep breath. I felt good. In Deuteronomy 31, I, uh, I think it's 31, I preached it last week. It said that God, God took, took a, uh, on the Sabbath day, the reason he took it was to be refreshed. And that word refresh means to, to breathe in, to take a breath. He had been breathing out, and on the seventh day, he breathed in. It's holy. All right, let me get to the why. As the Lord your God commanded you, keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. This is the what. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your cattle. Your sojourner who stays with you so that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. It's about rest. Here's the why. It's the next verse, 15. You shall what? You shall what? You shall remember. This is linked to the commandment. This is the why behind the what. The why of the Sabbath is you remembering. Remembering what? Remembering. And he's addressing specific people that he has a history with. He's addressing his history with those people. And he's saying you need to remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out of there by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath. The reason we rest is that we remember. What do we remember? We remembered what He has done for us. We remember, we... We, we call back our history with the Lord. And listen to me, you would think that, that that seems so, man, the Christian life is so simple that it's not easy. Like remembering, that's the big answer to the why, remembering? That's it? That's what you're, you did this big buildup of remember? That's it, that's it. <laughs> why? Because we're forgetful. Why? Because our hearts go through things. And when we go through things, we forget where we've been that got us to where we're at. But where we've been, where we've been in our history with him and the things that we've been through prepare us for what we're going through today. And listen, man, the Israelites, we, we, we dog them and we, we're like, ah, how could they not get it? But we're oftentimes no different than them. And if you look in Exodus 15, which let's go there, Exodus 15 really quickly. And then, and then we're going to observe the Sabbath this morning and we're going to remember. Exodus 15. So this is after they cross the Red Sea. So it's after the parting of the Red Sea, which we're familiar. We've seen 
like the Prince of Egypt and Charlton Heston. You know it. The Red Sea parts, they come. And so this is the narrative right after that, okay? And the Israelites are going to face three problems. Now, hear this for a second. This is really, really some little history. Between the Red Sea and Sinai, when they received the mountains, received the mountain, when they received the Ten Commandments, from the Red Sea crossing over to Sinai, when he went up the mountain and received the Ten Commandments, it was about 85 days. 85 days. And Exodus, the end of 15, 16, 17, are, 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 are a recording, or it's the, it's the description of that narrative, of that time period between the Red Sea crossing and the giving of the law. But in that time period, the Lord swore in his wrath that they would not enter his rest because of the way they responded to him. And I want to show you how they responded to him because it will help us to respond differently to him this morning. You following me? Yes, Michael? So look at Exodus 16, 22, uh, 15:22. It says, Then Moses led them from the Red Sea. So they just crossed the Red Sea. They went into the wilderness. <clears throat> they found no water. So the first problem they run into is no water. And then they, they, they keep traveling a little bit, and they stumble upon this place called, uh, I think it's Mara, Mara. And, uh, and they found water, but the water was bitter. And so they couldn't drink it because it was bitter. So in 24, the people grumbled at Moses, what shall we drink? And the Lord actually gives them good news here. He says, listen, listen, I, obey me, and, and I'm going to heal you. That's his promise in 26. Obey me, and I'm going to heal you. And, and, and Moses takes this tree, he throws it in the water, and the bitter waters turn sweet. Everyone say bitter. bitter. Turns. So the bitter turns sweet. First thing after deliverance is the bitter waters turn sweet. So they were thirsty. They didn't have any water, and God provided water. So from there, they go to another place in the wilderness, and not, this time they're not thirsty, but they're hungry. And again, in, in 16.2, the whole congregation starts grumbling. They start complaining. Why? Because they're hungry. They basically tell Moses, man, we had pots full of meat in Egypt. We had tables full of bread. Why would he take us out here to just kill us with starvation? And so what does God do? In his mercy and his grace from heaven, in the evening, it would rain down quail or meat. And in the morning, it would rain down bread or manna. So God provides for them once again, which is beautiful. They're thirsty. Here's bitter waters. It's turning bitter to sweet. You're hungry. I'm going to give you manna from heaven in the morning and the evening. So God is sufficiently providing everything that they need. Not only did he deliver them from the hand of Pharaoh, not only did he deliver them uh, through the Red Sea, but now he's providing water, meat, and bread from heaven. Like, come on. This is beautiful. And then in 16, if you, if you move on down, in 16 verse uh, 30, with the quail, or with the manna from heaven, it was provided six days a week, but on the seventh day, there would be no manna because God wanted them to rest. So this is, this is an observance of the Sabbath prior to the law. The law has not been given yet. Which tells me this is just a divine order. This is something we need to put in our lives. So he institutes the Sabbath 
And in 16, verse 30, it says, so the people rested on the Sabbath day, or the seventh day. So the people of God, the Israelites, who were grumbling, complaining, had been brought, delivered, and all this stuff that had happened, they had manna from heaven, quail from heaven, water from heaven, and they're resting. Now, what did we read? The why behind the rest is to what? The why behind the rest is to remember. Remember what? Remember what the Lord has done for you. Remember it. Eat from that place. Sit back and give thanks. Sit back and give praise. Sit back and let Ava do her thing. And you just burst out with your heart coming before the Lord in spite of where you're at, in spite of the wilderness that you're facing. You stop and you pull back and you go, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll get Ava back up here if you missed it. Because there was an awesome invitation. It's like, oh, that's what they were supposed to do. It would prepare their hearts for where they were heading. It would prepare their hearts for where they were going. Because God promised them through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, through their lineage, through their history, this nation that had been in bondage for 400 years. This was the generation that was going to claim the promise. What was the promise? The promise was a promise of rest. It was a land that had been appointed for them. They had the word. They knew where they were going. Yet would they rest in what the Lord had spoken? And the answer is no. He would swear in his wrath against this generation because of the hardness of their hearts. Even David reflects upon it. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. David wrote commentary on, on it in Psalms 95. We'll, we'll, we'll visit Psalms 95. But David was reflecting upon the next day after the Sabbath day. He was reflecting on the next day because the next day is the day that they truly hardened their heart and God said, you are going to wander in the wilderness for the rest of your days and this generation will die and I'm going to raise up another that will enter in. It would be this next story that we're going to read after, after their first Sabbath. 16. So let's go to 17. Watch this. Then all the congregation, sons of Israel, journeyed by stages again into the wilderness. And they came to that place. And there was no water for the people to drink. We've been here before, haven't we? We've faced this one. We've faced this one. You've had a rest. You've reflected on what the Lord's going to do. So in faith, you're going to smile and give thanks that the Lord's going to provide water. No, verse 2. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water that we may drink. Moses said, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. They grumbled against Moses and said, why now have you brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? Crazy. So Moses cries out to the Lord, what am I going to do? I'm next a little more and they're going to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, listen to what the Lord does. It's so gracious. He says, pass before the people. Take with you some of the elders. Take with you some of the leaders, fathers, family. You're going to go right through the people and look at what he commands him to take. And take in your hand your what? Your staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. What is the staff? The staff is a symbol of his faithfulness. The staff is a symbol of their history. The staff, everyone knew him holding that staff. They remember when the Israelites were coming and Moses, whoosh, whoosh, they remember that. 
yet their hearts were hard. And he, it says that he stands and he strikes the rock of Oreb, which means the rock in the desert. Oreb means desert. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And so Moses did inside of the elders and of Israel. So he strikes the rock, which this is symbolic of Christ, water flowing forth. And he named the place Massa, which means test, and Mirabah, which means quarrel or strife. Because the quarrel of the sons of Israel and because they tested the Lord saying, this was what was going on in their heart. Is the Lord among us or not? That, that, that question is a question of unbelief. And Hebrews chapter 3 would call it an evil and unbelieving heart. And David would write about this day and say, today don't harden your hearts like they did in this place. What's my point? My point is Psalms 95. My point is this, and, and Hebrews, I'm not going to get into it, but Hebrews 3 and 4 for the New Testament believer talk about the Sabbath rest, and they harp on Exodus 16 and 17, which we just went through, in Psalms 95. I'm giving you a lot of Bible because we love the Bible and we believe in the Bible. I love it. But you need to sit in Hebrews 3 and 4, and, and, and it's commentary on the two stories, on the two texts that I'm writing. But look at Psalms 95 really quickly. Because Psalms 95, David, I think David was facing a war and he's penning a psalm of worship. He's saying, he's just exclaiming who God is. He's just, come and sing to the Lord. Come and shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to him for the Lord is great. He's a great king above all gods. His hands are the depths of the earth. The mountain peaks and all that has been made is made by him. He's formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. He's calling people to worship in spite of what they see but he gives them a warning and the warning is next today in this place of worship if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as they did in Exodus 17 which we just read as in the day of Massa in the wilderness when your fathers tested me how did they test me look at this verse it's so crucial they tried me though Though they had seen my works. How did they try him? They tried him though they had seen what he was able to do. And they weren't changed by it. Though they had seen my work. Though they had heard the good news. The writer in Hebrews calls that day good news. That they heard good news in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says they did not unite their faith to it. <gasps> though they try they had seen my works for 40 years i loathe that generation for their unbelief there are people who err in their heart they do not know my ways therefore i swore in my anger they shall not enter my rest Hebrews 4 says, let us fear if there's still an outstanding promise that we fall short of it and we don't enter into the rest of God, which is found in the works of Christ.
So the Sabbath is all about remembering. Remembering what? The works that we've seen. 